Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. Well, we can't start this this um, series without one of probably one of the most famous fear scriptures. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. I'm going to read it for you. I think it might be on the screen. I can't remember. I was doing my slides and the notes in the hospital, so I don't know if it's right. Just letting you know, okay? So if you see a, if you see a typo or something, good job for finding it. No, because <laughs> I didn't. <clears throat> but here we go. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Amen. I think, you know what would be fun if we just read that together. Can we do that? Let's read it together. Ready? It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. How many are ready to receive that right now? We could say, amen, Lord, and be done. But we're not, so don't leave yet. <clears throat> Regardless of how many times in life we fear, uh, regardless of how many times we win in this area, it seems that fear still tries to creep in, right? Uh, as, as soon as we, we, we conquer one, it's like the enemy doesn't get it. By the way, he is kind of dumb in that he just, you know, he just keeps trying to do the same thing over and over again. But he's kind of, yeah, thank you kids for agreeing with me. Okay, <clears throat> so, so he will continue to fight you and continue to go forward. And he even tries to be intimidating in this way. And, and so, but I just need you to know this, just to kind of set the, the stage and set the understanding that this kind of fear, the thing that's kind of trying to intimidate you and grip you and, and to, to cause you to worry and anxiety and all this. Listen, that kind of fear is absolutely, positively not from our God. I, I want to make sure this sinks in, that we understand the character of God and who he is. Now, there is something called to fear the Lord, and that's more, it has to do with reverence. And, and, and that is something important, but that's not what we're talking about. That kind of reverence won't tear, tear us away from the Father. It draws us closer to the Father. But fear like this, the fear that, in, that will cause us to close in or to, to, to worry and, and anxiety, that is not from God. That is not God's plan for our lives as kids. And this is why I believe 365 times he talks about, do not fear, don't be afraid. He's reminding us, just in case we decide we're going to buy into that lie. He's like, no, every day, fear not. It's like a love letter. It's a reminder. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> now, spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, when we look, we're talking about the spiritual realm. I want you to understand something, that fear is a facade. Fear is a facade of the enemy. It is a lie of the enemy. It's a mirage. Anyone ever watch cartoons? And the, the, I don't, I don't even know what cartoon it was. I just remember this cartoon, and they were, they were like walking in the, the desert, you know, and 
and they start looking. There's two people, and they start looking at each other, and one of them looks like a chicken leg, and the other one looks like a – I don't know. Does anyone – there's like this mirage of like I'm getting hungry, and they, they say, hey, how you doing, Ch- chicken? You know, or, or they look on, and they see the – they're like this, oh, there's a – there's a river, there's a lake, we're, we're, we're thirsty. And so they're like, oh, and they run and they jump and they dive into a sand pit. That's a mirage. And that's, that's what the enemy does, spiritually speaking, when it has to do with fear. He, he makes something appear as if it's real. The enemy is a liar. And so when we talk about fear as facade, it's... it's, it's um, Pull that next slide up if you could. Next one, sorry. It's in there somewhere. False evidence appearing real. That's, what's, that's what fear is. According to, according to the spiritual idea of fear, it's fake. Because God said he can give us a spirit of fear. He said 160, or 365 times, don't fear. So we know that it's not real. Say it's not real. All right. Also need to remind you that the, the, in the natural realm, the natural realm does not dictate the spiritual realm. That the spiritual is the thing, the spiritual realm is actually what dictates what happens in the natural. Now I need you to understand this because we're talking about this spiritual mindset, this understanding that we're looking beyond circumstantial evidence, false evidence of what God is and who he is for your life. If you're still here, say amen. amen. Okay, good. Understand <clears throat> that we, as we look, that the spiritual realm is the thing. So the, so the opposite is true. Though, so our human understanding is natural. It's not what's in charge. It's especially as a believer. As a believer, the spirit man is in charge. The spirit of God is in charge. I'm just putting that out there to you. I'm just confessing that over just in case you didn't catch that. So when we say then that, that human or natural fear is it's a false evidence appearing real. Here's a perfect example of that. How many have ever gone to watch a magician? Okay. Um, how many know that the, the tricks that they do are tricks? They're an illusion of something real. They make it sound by sleight of hand to, to look like something is real or in, impossible is happening or whatever. But in fact, there's always a reason. I, there's a, there was a show out there that was debunking all of the magicians and, and it was like a whole show of telling how these magicians do that. And a lot of magicians got together and were really angry at this individual that had the show. But it, it just revealed the truth that it's just fake. It's not real. That's a facade, and that's how I want us to picture. This is what I want us to look at as we look at the, the, the element of fear, the idea of fear. And this is really what the enemy does. This is what the enemy does for you and me, is he, he tries to stop you in your tracks through an illusion that he, or the thing that he's trying to put in front of you that to scare you, is more powerful, more important, more real than it really is. This is the tactic of the enemy. Somebody smile at me so I know we're... Grasp this idea, this truth, this amazing idea that he wants, the enemy wants to keep us from accomplishing God's 
things, his promises, to stretch out, to do what he's called us, to believe what he said about us, to have a joyful presence, to be the fruit, like Pastor Terry was talking about. If, he could, if the enemy can stop us in fear not to allow those seeds to be dispersed, without the seeds dispersing, the fruit won't grow. And that's the plan of the enemy. And he uses fear to do that. So why are the effects of fear so bad? Just being obvious, the number one thing, fear stops progress. Fear stops progress. Why is it such a powerful tool of the enemy? He's trying to stop us. He's trying to take us out. He's trying to put us on the bench to tell us, now you, not only are you going to be on the bench, but you know what? Go back to the locker room. That's what the enemy does. Fear will stop progress. We'll never achieve God's given uh, uh, hopes and dreams if fear is the pilot of our life. If we let fear be the ruling thing, we would not do that. I would venture to say that each one of you, at some point in your life, had to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. But also, I can say that probably in those moments, prior to receiving, there was a little bit of fear. Like, am I doing it? it, Is this what? uh, You want me to confess and believe in the God I don't see? In the natural, you want me to put my human understanding aside and you want me to receive this savior that I haven't seen personally and there could be fear that would stop us from that of course that's what the enemy would want but again I want to remind you the spiritual realm is more powerful and more right than what we see feel taste or touch we need to we need to get a mindset of that we need to have the truth that uh, will never um Achieve our God-given purpose or hopes or dreams if fear is our pilot. Say, fear is not my pilot. Because fear will cause us to retreat, won't it? Um, Pastor just did a woman's conference. She had the opportunity to be the speaker. And we heard testimony that God did amazing things. The advancement of the kingdom. It wasn't for her glory. It's for his glory. But God chose her as a vehicle for that purpose. And had she let fear override her, and, and I'll tell you, I'm sure she would tell you as well, um, that you know she would have rather not have done that. But yet, thankfully, she faced that fear, seeing that her that was a fake facade because God had called her. She didn't ask to do it. She was asked. God called on her to do that. And so she stepped out in faith. And God did what he always does. I want to say this because I want you to understand that if we allow fear, it will stop progress. It will stop progress in ministry. And I need everyone to point at you and say, I have a ministry. Point at yourself and say, I have a ministry. We all have a ministry. This according to not Pastor Jason. That's according to God's word. According to Jesus himself. He said, go and make disciples. We all been given the ministry of reconciliation. We're all supposed to invite people to know Jesus. Amen? And so here, but fear, how many times? How many times? Don't raise your hand because I get it. How many times did fear stop you from sharing a good word with someone? 
How many times did fear stop you from laying your hands and praying for someone that you knew needed prayer? Now, there's no condemnation in Christ, praise God. And thankfully, by the way, everything that God is is not all on your shoulders. You are a vessel. He wants you to participate in that. He wants you to partner with him. But he's sovereign and he's mighty and he will, his mighty work will move. But he wants to partner with us. And so he will prompt us. God will prompt us, but sometimes fear stops ministry. Has anyone ever experienced that? Don't raise your hand. I have. I'll admit it. So it, it will stop. Fear will stop. So why people, more people won't minister? Or, or this is, and maybe I'm just going to kind of play it off here. How many times have you said, okay, well, I know I should, but why me? I, I don't know what I'm going to say. I, I don't know. I haven't been a believer that long or I don't understand enough of the Bible to do that that's fear that's fear it's not it's not about your abilities my abilities is not about our abilities God will do the work he will be the voice he will be the one that does it he just wants the vessel to push fear aside and be obedient because and that moment in that moment at that spot you are the vessel, you are the vehicle that connects someone with him. Which is an amazing op opportunity that he would choose us, imperfect human us, to do a supernatural miracle to connect others with Christ. But he does. And the enemy knows that he does. And so he uses fear to shut our mouths. He uses fear to cower us. To cause us to pull back. Say, I'm not pulling back. All right. Amen. I believe you. It also stops us in giving. And I don't just mean money, but I, we can include money. But also in serving. Or giving you time. Or giving of your gifts or your talents. I, I can't. I, I, I just, if, if I do this, then I won't be able to take care of this or do this. I understand that. And so understand that there's a balance there. I'm not trying to get us out of balance, but I want us to understand that we were called to be givers, to be servers, to not just be self-absorbers. Can somebody say amen? Because if we're self-absorbed, then I get to be like Job of fat, right? Job of the hut. That's what it is. Sorry, my Star Wars is real rusty. If you don't know, this this thing is like a building large. See, if we get if we if we're not careful, if we're not serving, God's planting, He's giving, and He's given us everything. If we're not careful, we'll just become slow. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Amen. Do we, we, you understand? You understand what I mean, right? You get it. Um, and uh, and so praise God that. Uh, don't worry. I want to say this also. As you give, the Bible says that it will be given back to you. Good down. Good. Press down. Shake together. Thank you. Amen. Right? So 2 Corinthians chapter 9 talks about that God provides seed to the sower. Amen? All right. Now we're going to change gears. Say, let's change gears. All right. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Usually in the first series, we lay some groundwork.
Samuel chapter 17, we're going to look at the story of David and Goliath. Anyone ever heard of it? Kids, have you ever heard of David and Goliath? Yeah, me too. All right, good. <laughs> First Samuel chapter 17. Are you there yet? All right, we're going to look at... Um, I'm going to look at it now. I don't have it all on the screen. I only have a few verses, so it's not only so you're going to have to look at your Bible or your electronic device or however you you look at God's word. But First Samuel chapter 17. This is about David and Goliath, and of course we know the lead into David and Goliath. So there's this just giant, this Philistine that is uh, threatening, causing fear to the Israelites. God had promised that they could take this land, but there was this annoying guy. That was, seemed pretty tough and strong and big um, that was trying to stop them. In verse, uh, verse 10 of chapter 17, it says, Then the Philistines said, This day I defile the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing, uh, on, on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all of the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. You see, there was a fear that was going across. Now, Saul was a pretty powerful uh, 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 commander, and he was cowering. All of Israel, they had been doing some great things, and now they are cowering to this thing. For 40 days, in verse 16, I'm just jumping down for sake of time. Verse 16, for 40 days the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Basically, Every morning he stood up and said the same thing over and over again. Now, if we're just correlated to us, how many times every morning we get up, oh, there it is again, that, ugh, that, mm, I, I don't know, ugh, kind of thing. Every morning, like, oh, that weight. But on verse 32, we'll jump down. David said something. That we can use in our own walk. David said to Saul. Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Verse 32. Your servant will go and fight him. And Paul replied. You're, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy. And he's been fighting He's been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Now, I just want to give you the cliff note here. David's been out protecting. He's a shepherd boy. And he's been protecting the sheep. And what we don't know or what Saul doesn't realize is that David has already killed a lion and a bear. And he's about ready to kill a giant in just a moment. So anyway, he has realized that God is taking care of him. The other thing we need to understand is not everyone, say not everyone, not everyone's going to cheer you on when you're going forward. You might want to be careful what you're sharing with others because not everyone's going to say, yeah, go for it. Some of you are like, oh no. Now, if you feel like this is, is there from the Lord, you better power through, but there will certainly be those that are closest to you at times that will tell you, uh-uh, don't do it. And, 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 and just plain and simple, not everyone's going to cheer you on. It could be because they don't have any understanding, or it could be they're jealous. There's a lot of variables, but let me remind you, it's not them, it's the enemy, Right? Amen? We understand that? Yeah. 
And if we allow that, it will dis- it'll, it'll, it'll stop us and they'll try to disqualify you like this. You're just a kid. You can't do that. I mean, we, 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 we hear this a lot. Someone will say, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this for God. I'm gonna, God now, you, but how long have you been a believer? You're just a boy. Well, by the way, God doesn't say when you believe you're just a little boy. He says, he says you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Now, we can mature, we can grow, and we, and we should. We should use this opportunity. I'm not saying that, you know, the uh, Bible talks about counting the cost, understanding the walk of walking through that and exercising, but you can do more than you, you think you can do. Amen? All right, so let's keep going. Verse 17, verse uh, 41. It says, meanwhile, somebody say Meanwhile. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. And when he looked David over and he saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. Giant must have been ugly. I don't know. <laughs> he said to David, am I a dog that you would come at me as sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said. This is the Philistine Spitting out fear. Come here, he said, and I'll give you your flesh to the birds of the air and the birds of the, and the beasts of the field. Verse 45, I love it. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. The God of the armies of Israel, whom, I have you, whom you have defiled, this day the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I give you, I give the carcass of the Philistine, and then I'm going to stop there because it gets really gory. Awesome. Reminding him who, what's what. In verse 48, we'll jump down, says, As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Get a picture here. Philistine's like, you know, imagine a fight. Come on, come on. David's like, all right, I'm coming. It's like, come on. David's like, <laughs> imagine the picture of this thing happening. And reaching into his bag, he takes out a stone and he slung it and he struck the Philistine on the forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand. He struck down the Philistine and killed him. Somebody say, Amen. amen. That's good news. But there's a picture here. There's an idea. God didn't just write this in and be like, hey, go, way to go, David. It's a picture. It's a reminder. It's a truth that we, as a believer, can do like David. Now, don't be David. Be you. You be you. Say you be you. Okay, I will. Thank you. No, you didn't. But understand that we have to, to do this, but we have the heart. The heart of the idea is this, that when you step out, what no one else is doing, everything else around you is going to say not to do it. People are going to say don't do it. But if it's God, all things are possible. Amen? So the big idea is, in this story, I want to tell you, run towards the thing you fear. My best example of this 
Miles and I had a uh, conversation many years ago. He was on the fire department. I'm on, on the local fire department. And he says, it's kind of interesting. I'm not sure about us mentally. Everyone's running out of the fire. We're running into the fire. And that doesn't make us fearless. There was a purpose. There's a reason for doing it. But understand that it takes running into the fire to squelch the fire. We can't just cower back. It will continue to burn. I guess eventually go out at destruct, full destruction. Do you understand? Sometimes you have to run. Say, some, I'm going to run toward the thing you fear. Okay, so if you have your handout, we're finally in our handout. Number one is this. When you run towards the thing you fear, you shift from fear mode to faith mode. Now, I'm just going to give you a little quick reminder. It may not, may not, may never have to run out in the battlefield. But we do have to run out and praise the name of Christ, Jesus. And it might be you're hard-pressed, bad reports. It might be that you're facing difficulty. And it's in that moment that you can either cower from it and get nowhere. Or you can run towards it with praise. Which, by the way, the Bible talks about is a, is a weapon for warfare. And you can defeat something. But if I don't run towards it, if I don't exercise that thing, then I'm going to be overtaking. Listen, fear and faith operate by the same spiritual law. Fear is a counterfeit to the law of faith. So if, if faith comes by, the Bible says, if faith comes by hearing the word, we could say, or fear comes by hearing the contradiction of the word. Right? Or we can say, um, um, okay, north, is, north and south are both directions on a compass. Fear forces you to go in one direction. Faith causes you to go, they don't intertwine. But they're both directions. What am I saying? We've got to be careful God has given us this gift. We have these eyes. Everyone blink your eyes. Kids, blink your eyes. Everyone pull on your ears. Everyone go like this. No, I'm just kidding. We have eyes. We have ears. And we have a mouth. See, this is the way. If we, are, if we are not putting insight in our ears or what we're saying, faith, we are coming in agreement with the enemy by speaking or allowing fear to come into our lives. I want you to understand when we entertain fear in that way, we are, it's like we're saying, come on, devil, I want to link up with you. And of course, we would never do that. But that's exactly what this is saying. That fear is the opposite of faith. When we do that, we're coming in agreement. The Bible says when, when two or more are gathered, guess what? The same spiritual rule would work if you come in together in agreement with the wrong thing. 
Though for me, I was like, what? What have I been doing? The cool thing is now getting revelation, it's like kicking the devil in the teeth. It's like, poof. I like it when kids are here. They laugh at my jokes. All right, good. All right, amen. Shows the level of, never mind. Okay, all right. Praise the Lord. All right, anyway. Did I already say that fear is not of God? Did we already establish the fact that the enemy is attempting to steal from you when he brings fear in your life? So when fear rises up, instead of saying, oh man, you can say, wait, I recognize that devil. Right? I recognize that thing because we know that fear is not from God. That kind of fear is not from God. Fear contaminates faith. And so that's why we say often, we're saying when you're praying, don't pray from fear. Pray from what his word says. Now, we don't always understand everything. And that's why we need to know his word so we know the will of God, the heart of God, so that we can be confident when we pray. And we're not praying the wrong thing because we can want a lot of things, but we have to pray. Prayer only works when we come in agreement with what he's already established, not what we want. And that works good and that works bad. And there's a lot of awesome things. There's a lot of things that you maybe didn't realize that God wants you to have. You may not realize there's a lot of... God is a giving, loving God, not a God that wants to smite us. He doesn't want to smite us because we know this because he sent Christ Jesus so we could have eternity with him. Right? And so we understand as we're looking that that is a lie and it's impossible to... If it says we're impossible uh, without faith to please God, my question is, is it, is it impossible to please God without faith... Could we surmise then that it's, impo- it's possible to please Satan with fear? Yeah. Right? I don't like that. That, that goes like, I, I don't want to please that guy. He doesn't have anything good he wants for me. Why do I want to please him? And fear does that. In other words, we could be pleasing the enemy... When we walk out fear, we don't want to walk out fear because we don't want to please the enemy because we don't want him to take or subtract or remove what God has. And just so we understand, God is powerful, mighty, and everlasting. He will always be strong. But you know what? He has set up this a beautiful thing with us. It's the free will. And if the enemy can lie to us and, and cheat and do all of these things when we make bad decisions, then guess what? We've almost like we've cut off the opportunity for God to move like he wants to move. Now, thankfully, somebody say thankfully, grace and mercy abound. And God is always wooing and working to try to catch up, to get us, to bring us back. Praise God. He doesn't give up on you. Somebody needs to hear that. He does not give up on you, period. God does not give up on you, period. But we have this will. If we're going to follow him, if we're going to go to him, if we're going to do some things like this where we're going to dispel fear, now we're walking toward in faith, by faith, 
towards the things of God, and it more powers and more empowers us to re, to to be able to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in us. Both can cause faith and fear. Both can cause the unseen to come into reality. One of the best uh, verses for this, you can you you've seen it. And I'm sure you've heard it and read it. And I don't have time. I would like to do one of these days. I'm going to do a whole study in just the uh, the book of Job. But Job 25, just uh, chapter 3, verse 25 says this. He says, what I feared has come upon me. What I've dreaded has happened to me. Now, if you understand, if you've read this, the, the story of Job, it was pretty detrimental. And we find that he, that he had let fear... He, the decisions he made while God was blessing him, he was hoarding, holding on to these things, and it caused fear. And it's like, ah, ah. And it opened up the opportunity for the enemy to disrupt God in his life. The message translation says it this way. You may like that translation. You don't, may you don't, I don't know, but it, for me, it helped me understand. It says, the worst of my fears, Job says, has come true. What I've dreaded most has happened to me. See, fear, Satan uses fear to cling us, to bind us to the success that God has planned for you. He's to try to hold this fear thing as the separator between the promise of what God says about you and for you and what the enemy is trying to still kill and destroy for you. Somebody should say amen to that one. We get a picture of that truth. So running towards number two, say, somebody say number two. Running towards the thing you fear will activate the power, the presence, and the promises of God. The promise of God that's in you and is moving for you. When you begin to run towards that fear in the power of God, in the, in the understanding of who we are in Christ and, and that God, it's through Christ only we're able to, it activates the power and the presence and the promises of God. I already said it this way. Remember, when they were circling Jericho, they had to do something. If those walls were going to break down, they had to do a purpose. They had to activate into something. They couldn't just stand back and say, okay, God, go ahead and do it. God says, I need you to circle around that thing. Now, it didn't make sense, and that's kind of the point. If it made sense, then it's done by human, and we'll take the, we'll take the yeah, like, hey, I did that. And, and God, doesn't, God, God doesn't need you like that. He wants you to participate with him, and he wants to reveal his strength, his strong. And, and so he wants to not only bless that that you're trying to work out or overcome, but he's also blessing you all of the while by seeing him work through you. And you're like, whoa, I couldn't do that by myself. God did that. So when we run towards it, he activates the power in the presence of God. And um, for instance, when in the, in the scripture we, we read in 1 Samuel chapter 17, we read this, when did God help it, the Israelites? In this scripture, in this portion of scripture, when did God help them? When they were cowered back here like, ah. Or did they win when David started running towards him? It activated the power. Now, I just want you to know this. Um, David 
Little David, he's pretty good with the sling, apparently. But I promise you, he wasn't nearly as good as he was with using the anointing of God in him. God, that was just a tool. But that's not what killed Goliath. God killed Goliath through the anointing of God, what God had purposed. But he did ask David to activate that presence. To put his hand to something. To do something. To swing the slingshot. What is God, what tool has God given you to start swinging? You're like, I don't know, this is enough. And the enemy is going to be yelling at you like, it's not enough. It's just a string. It's just a, your, your voice or whatever. It's just a this. The enemy will always tell you, undersize what you have but remember we don't walk by faith we don't walk by circumstances and by our own abilities we walk by what god said and so the anointing of god in you and through you will help kill that giant kill that bear kill that whatever needs to be killed in your life and will also not only do that but open the way for others to know that god is on the throne amen that's the good truth. And that's so good that we're going to stop right there. I have more. But we're going to do more next week. Because I want to, I want to make sure we get this. Plus, i got to get out of here. So let's stand to your feet, if you will. Is this good? Are you getting this? We're getting, we're getting something, right? We're getting sped here. All right. I will tell you this. Normally... This is not, thus saith the Lord, this is just life experience that when you start getting revelation, understanding and of what of the things of God and the goodness of God and all he is, there's always going to be an enemy that's going to try to counterattack what you just heard. What you've, you've just like, oh yeah, there's always going to be. So be aware. Don't be scared. Fear not. He says, for I am with you. So we're, we're aware of it. Say, I'm aware of it. And as we are, we're going to be we're going, to be, we're going to be able to be powerful in His might and His grace. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love You and we praise You. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.